This week we're picking up our focus on the characteristics of Jesus uh, and it's the third part of that. So we've looked at, um, uh, I think it was gentle, uh, how you gentle, kind and compassionate. Um, and then we looked at um, how he was humble and servant-hearted in part two. Uh, and this week we're looking at how Jesus, when we think of him as a person and a character, we can say that he was loving and forgiving. Uh, that these are two words that, that really do, um, in a way, define who he was. Um, and when we think about him being loving, what, what we've often done with these talks is we've tried to focus on a particular story that shows us this characteristic of Jesus. But when you think about those two words, loving and forgiving, one of the, one of the problems is it's not really one story that shows that Jesus was loving, um, particularly loving or loving and forgiving. It's actually all stories that Jesus is involved in seem to speak of love um, and and. I suppose I would describe it almost as like love. When you think about Jesus' life, love is almost like the umbrella um, that hovers over all of the things that he does. It's the thing that really over kind of overarches and, and stands above everything that he was about. Um, so rather than saying, let's look at this one particular story that shows that Jesus was a loving character, actually everything that he did was, um, was out of love. Um, and the Bible is littered with examples of when Jesus showed love to people. Uh, his life is the example that, that we should then follow. And I think this is when we look at Jesus as, a, as an example. We often default to this position of thinking, well, let's just look at what Jesus did and how he operated and follow that example. It's because um, he showed us what a loving approach to people and situations and scenarios. What did a loving approach actually look like? Um, and I want to start this morning by asking us to, to think about a question. We don't need to go around and everyone give an answer. Um, but it'd be great if a few people could throw their thoughts in. So when we think about that scenario of Jesus being someone who always showed love, what is it in your mind when you think about the life of Jesus? Is there a particular story or an encounter that he has with someone that stands out to you that showcases Jesus' value of loving people? So just take a moment to think, actually, in my experience, in my, um, in my journey of when I've read the Bible and I've heard stories about Jesus, that's the one that always makes me think about. Jesus shows me that love was the way or love was important. So have a moment just to think about it and then it'd be great to get some thoughts. Anything <coughs> jump out? I guess I, I would think... Um, <clears throat> the way that he showed love to the unlovable, like the the people in society that you wouldn't normally want to get close to, you know, the lepers, the, the people who are leading promiscuous lives and yeah. people like that, you know, Sakias, you know, yeah. tax collectors, yeah. you know, deviants and all that sort of, yeah, those yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And the way that he just quite naturally just showed love to them. Yeah. Whereas we might shy away from showing love to people like that because it's like mm-hmm. the kind of the society's untouchables, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. And that evolves with society, doesn't it? Yeah. So I often think, yeah. who are the new lepers? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. we don't see lepers yeah. in our society now, but no. we've still got that same 
yeah. aversion. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, who who are the new lepers? Yeah. Um, and what we're going to, how would Jesus respond to those? Because yeah. the problem with history is we isolate his behaviour to the people of the time. Yeah. Um, but you've got to bring him back. Yeah, we bring yeah. him into our here yeah. and now. Mm. What does that look like? Mm. And it's and it's a real. That's where it's a real challenge because you're like, challenge. please let's be better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not easy. It's not easy at all. It's not. No. I would say <laughs> now that people react to homeless people in yeah. the same way that they would do to lepers. Yeah. 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 To lepers. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they see them as being unclean and smelly and yeah. not necessarily diseased, but. Mm. Like they're going to catch something if they get too close, you know, they're, mm. because they're not washed. Mm. And I think as a society, we probably react to homeless people very much like that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And things like drug addicts as well, isn't yeah. it? Because cause actually, that at the time, the fear of being with lepers was yeah. oh, I'm going to catch something from them, mm. or they're going to hurt me, yeah. or they're going to yeah. damage me. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's, there's wisdom in being sensible when somebody's yeah. really high on drugs, but we can't just... Jesus wouldn't have left him. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I think... Often uh, we've become so used to this word ministry, and even with Jesus, we talk about Jesus' ministry. And when I look at it now, I think... I don't think he ever would have called it his ministry. I think it was just his life yeah. and his way of... Yeah. I, I don't think he went, today, I'm going to go and heal the, <laughs> these people um, and this is my schedule, this is my itinerary. I'm going to do all of this. It, it, it feels like when you actually look at it in reality that he was just going about his his business, the things that he planned to do with his disciples. And, yeah, he did. He, he, he went and spoke to different people, went into to the synagogue, all these different kind of things. But but we often look at the stories as almost planned, not necessarily planned events, but events that took place. And we, we brand it all now as Jesus's ministry. So his ministry when he went and told this parable or the ministry when he healed this person. But actually, the word ministry doesn't really do it justice in the fact that actually it was just his life parables probably came about because he found himself in a situation where someone was asking him a question trying to trip him up or trying to uh, trying to get his perspective on something and he didn't kind of he, he hadn't scheduled in a planned time where he was going to do a bit of like small group activity and share share a parable this was him freestyling explaining life and a perspective and and trying to give people this understanding of god in that moment and when we begin to look at it like that, it feels like actually him choosing to be loving in his approach to people and compassionate and understanding. So, so even when we look at how we responded to uh, ridicule and, and criticism, he, to me, he, he was a picture of love in that because he would so cleverly and effectively use um, stories and examples that everyone would get straight away. Uh, and it would unlock the situation. Even someone who was who was hell bent on on tripping him up, he would diffuse the situation without ridiculing that person and without making them feel small and and uh, wanting to run away. We looked a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, at the um, the lady caught in the act of adultery, and that that what happens in that scenario is he he does this quite amazing 
um, unpacking. Like, this is quite amazing challenge to the whole group of people who were who were grabbing their stones to stone this woman, and manages to not only diffuse the entire situation, but but really cleverly nudge nudge these people to self reflect and end up putting their stones down and walking away. There's not this great um, interchange of, of argument and and disagreement. It's this slow realization of all the people who stood around that oh man, I I need to get out of this because he's making a, a point that I can't argue with. And to me, all of that stuff is a picture of of his loving response. And we talked about how he was a peaceful revolutionary. Um, he, he always was peaceful. Um, in the way that he did stuff. Um, and, and actually, when you think about love being over all of that, that was his, that was his motivation. That was, that was the key thing in his purpose. And if you think about some of the characteristics that we've looked at so far, so gentleness, kindness, compassion, servant-heartedness, patience, love is the driver behind all of those things. That's the reason behind it and and then we think about god and say okay well who's god well god is love and jesus is a picture of god it just makes sense that his response and his approach was always like that so we know that love shapes it all but the interesting challenge i suppose this is what we're we're touching on in the the examples that people have given love shapes it all but what does love actually look like um and that is more of a challenging question than we realize so is it about doing things for other people? Sometimes it completely is. You look at Jesus' life and think, okay, Jesus went around and healed loads of people and changed their reality. Um, blind people could see, lame people could walk. Uh, he did these miracles that completely changed someone's actual life. So was that a loving act? Yeah, it was. Someone's life was changed because uh, Jesus did something for them. And we would say, actually, how do we show love to people in our lives? We do things for them. We will uh, make a nice meal or we'll, we'll tidy the house or we'll, we'll do different things because we want them to know that they're important, they're special, and, and we might buy them things, all these different kind of things. There's different ways of us showing love. So, so love is about doing things for others, but, but it's other things as well. What about keeping people happy? Um, so you think about Jesus... Um, when he turns the water into the wa- into wine, there was a crisis in the wedding. They'd run out of wine. Um, he performs this miracle, which changes that scenario, um, which we could say, yeah, it's him doing something nice. But actually, it's him uh, solving a problem, um, which enables this wedding to, to like flourish and get better and be um, and be brilliant. And I suppose sometimes when we think about how we do love, it sometimes feels like if I can keep people happy, if I can just provide this or do this, um, then then actually they'll know that, that I love them because I'm able to keep them happy. Uh, what about telling the truth? Is that love? Does love look like telling the truth? Sometimes it can be difficult. When the truth is hard to hear, it can feel like, um, maybe that's the bit that we wouldn't want to, like, that's the difficult thing to say and it's going to upset someone if I tell them the truth or if I'm honest about it. Um, think about Jesus' life and think actually there was times where he would um, say a really clear, correcting word to his disciples 
uh, he'd realign them with what their purpose was and who they were and remind them of, of who, who he was. Uh, he would talk to them about the fact that there's about three accounts um, in, uh, in Matthew of where he predicts his death. He's telling the truth and they don't want to hear it, but that's the reality and he's preparing them for what is about to happen. Um, and sometimes it can feel like telling the truth, we know it's the right thing to do, but it can feel like the worst thing to do. But there's times where it is the most important response and way to do it because if we don't do it then the potential <coughs> of what can unfold and happen can be really difficult and I suppose taking it up a level from that um what does love look like does it look like standing for what is right does it look like being prepared to challenge like for Jesus um challenging the religious leaders of the day they were the leaders of society these were the top dogs they decided everything how everything worked uh, how the laws worked, how people should behave and operate. Um, and people would be in or out according to the law of the time. But it was the religious law set by the religious leaders. And Jesus consistently will challenge their attitudes and their approach and their dealings with people. Um, and they're being, as we talked about before, they're being consistent with the law. But he's saying, but I don't think this is fair to treat people like that. So what does love look like? Does it look like standing for what is right at times and that is even harder sometimes than telling the truth because you know that the decision to stand for what's right can sometimes isolate you from the people who've who've decided what is currently right and you may be standing against that and then ultimately i suppose when we look at jesus's life what does love look like um does it look like sacrifice and in his life I suppose the, the thing that defines um, and explains everything about him is ultimately the, his decision to give his own life for us. So, so love isn't just a simple thing of, oh, it's about affection, it's about um, kindness, it's about um, making people happy, it's about doing things for other people. It is those things, but it's so much deeper than that. And that's where love becomes more and more of a challenge as we go through the cycle of what it might look like. Um, and we see all of those things in Jesus's life and in his example. So we know he was loving. We know he showed it. Um, and I suppose he gave us a great example of that. And, and what about forgiving? Um, if, if he's both of these things, um, forgiving is, is a huge thing as well. Forgiveness can be a really challenging concept. It can be something that, that actually... <laughs> Um, it can weigh heavy in us going, I know this is the right thing, um, but I don't know how ready I am to step into doing that at the moment. We know it's right, but it doesn't make it any easier. And even though it's right, sometimes the need for justice in the situation, when something's gone wrong or when you've been wronged, the need for justice weighs so heavy that forgiveness can almost feel like we're letting people off uh, and that we're going to uh, almost feel like we're going to condone what happened that if we forgive them, does it mean we're saying it was right? Um, and, and some of those things, that this is some of the mystery, some of the kind of the, the turmoil of going through um, learning to forgive. Um, but what we do know is that choosing to forgive is a powerful response. It doesn't mean that what was done to you was okay, um, but it allows you to move forward rather than be consumed and weighed down by the issue. So it's certainly never 
in my mind about looking at a scenario and saying, I, I'm prepared to forgive, so now I'll say it was it was right or it was OK. That is not the case at all. And I don't think God um, looks at it remotely like that. Um, but actually, it is a powerful response to be able to get to that position. And when we look at Jesus, Jesus encourages it. He says in, um, in Mark chapter 11, 25, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So it's a principle that, that is valuable for our own kind of development and progression as individuals. So Jesus encourages it, but also Jesus models it. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by, by casting lots. So this is the scenario where he's, he's about to be killed. He's, he's, uh, he's about to be crucified. He's lumped in with these two other criminals uh, and he's being mocked and abused. And they're, they're stealing uh, any of his personal items. They're, they're ridiculing him. It, it is the most kind of horrendous scenario, humiliating scenario for any individual to be in. And that's his response. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And you look at it and just think, so we can look at our scenarios and go, yeah, I just don't know whether I can forgive that person because what they did <clears throat> overstepped the mark. Um, Jesus was able to do that in, in the face of the most horrendous treatment um, and the most horrendous things that have been done to him. And it was all like completely um, unjust. So none of it was true, what was being said about him and the reason he was being crucified, all these kind of things. None of it was fair, but he was still able to, to have that, pro, that kind of approach and that perspective that, that wanted God to forgive them. And I suppose what we know is that there are huge benefits to forgiving people. Um, we can often focus on forgiveness being about um, the importance of releasing other people. I'm going to forgive that person or I'm going to release them from the things that they've done to me. But actually, the real reality of forgiveness is it's, it's you that's being set free. That's the actual reality of forgiveness. That, that I remember chatting with someone, I was chatting with someone this week and we were talking about forgiveness. Um, and um, they were saying that in some walks of church life over the years, there's been a trend where people have almost said, yeah, so if you, to truly forgive someone, you need to go and tell them that they're forgiven. And we were just saying that is the most ridiculous concept because all that does is take what should be a genuinely good and, and kind of um, positive act and you're projecting what someone may have no idea about onto them so it might be that someone has really upset you and mortally offended you in the way they've the way they've dealt with the situation and they have no idea so you go and i just uh, can i just have a word i just want to just tell you that um i've decided to forgive you and they're kind of looking at completely nonplussed going um, for what and then you have to go okay well it's just that when you did this I felt really rejected. I felt like you didn't consider me. And, and, and basically you suddenly throwing all of this guilt and weight on them going, yeah, basically you really let, you didn't know, but you really let me down. Uh, and uh, I was so upset about it, but I just want you to know you're forgiven. Uh, yeah, that's not, that's not really um, the, the way Jesus imagined it, I think. 
Um, but it, but sometimes it feels like that is um, that's the kind of barbed way of doing forgiveness. That that it's this positive act, but actually, it's so, it's kind of trapped in this world of then needing to be some level of justice and acknowledgement of mm-hmm. you let me down. Um, whereas actual true forgiveness is about being able to to get to a point where we can uh, move move on from something, learn learn the lessons, and learn learn from that experience, but be able to um, pick ourselves back up and move forward without it being something that completely hinders and destroys us as individuals. And what we do find when we can get to that point is we are truly set free when we can forgive people. Um, so there's a huge benefit to it, and that's why Jesus talks about it. He recommends it, but he also um, he also models it. And I suppose ultimately, um, when we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus makes a way for forgiveness more than anything. The very purpose of Jesus' life uh, was to be love. That's what we've looked at. He he existed to be love to us, and that's um, and that's shown through so many different things. Um, and, and his personality, his character, is defined by that. We looked at a passage last week uh, in John 12, um, 44 to 47. It says, Jesus shouted to the crowds, if you trust me, you are trusting not only be me, but also God who sent me. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world, so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. I will not judge those who hear, um, but don't obey me, for I have come to save the world and not to judge it. So that, for me, when I think about what was Jesus' purpose on the earth, that it's about connection, it's about uh, understanding people, it's about relationship, um, it's about not judging, it's about coming to make a way to save people. Um, and that's, that was his purpose, that's why he came um, to the earth. And um, I love the fact that 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 forgiveness was him making a way for forgiveness was such a key part. So his decision to love makes a way for forgiveness. And I suppose what we see is all of this meets at the cross. All of these things come together in this event of, of crucifixion. We often talk about Jesus being the mirror of God. And when we think of his purpose, I suppose what we understand is that mirrors the heart of God. That's that's what we're seeing. Uh, the heart of God is that he didn't come to judge, he came to save, Jesus came to save us. Um, and I suppose it, it all is explained in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And that's, that's the most popular verse in the Bible for a reason, because in one verse it explains everything about what it's all about. Um, so the, all of these things, love and forgiveness, meet in this, this event of the cross. Um, and it's a powerful thing. It's because God loved us so much that he didn't want to leave this, um, this brokenness and this distance. He wanted to find the, the best and ultimate way to join him and us back together again. And Jesus was that. Uh, so being loved and forgiving uh, define the, act, uh, the actions and purpose of Jesus' life. Um, and, and I suppose when we think about this, what we've often done with when we've looked at characteristics, we've said, OK, well, how are we going to adapt these things to our lives? How are we going to do these things? And for me, when I look at it, think about, OK, loving, being loving and being and kind of being forgiving. Um, it almost feels to me a little bit ridiculous 
to suggest that we think of how we could become more loving and forgiving. Because the reality is, when we've made a decision to say, "Okay, God, I'm going to connect my life to you and I'm going to say, you, I want a relationship with you. The very fact we've made that decision signs us up straight away to be to that being the basis of our of our lives. Deciding to follow God to me is is the decision to actually, well, I'm going to promise them to pursue being loving and forgiving because that's everything that Jesus taught. So it's the basis of what we're meant to be. And then if we look at how Jesus did it, which is always the easiest thing to do with this stuff, look at how Jesus did it, whether it was serving, caring, encouraging, honesty, courage, sacrifice. These are the models that he gave us of, do you, do you want to know what it looks like? Do you want to know what being loving and forgiving looks like? It's these things. It's serving people, caring for people, encouraging people, being honest, being courageous and standing up for the things that you know you need to stand against. And it's, it's being sacrificial in the way you do your life. So, so rather than us, us sitting there and going, OK, so let's, let's think about how you could be more loving and more forgiving in your life. In a way, that's what we all signed up for. It's what we're all, it's the thing, it's the, I suppose, as we connect more with Jesus, those elements become the byproducts of growing in that relationship. If we're going to follow Jesus, to say that we're going to follow Jesus and that we're not going to be loving and forgiving is a bit of a clash of, I don't think the two things can work together. So if we want to be more like Jesus and we want to follow him, that's what we've signed up for. So I'm, I'm not going to ask the question of, how could you be more loving and forgiving? Because really, the acknowledgement should be we're on this continuing journey of we're committed to, to be more loving and be more forgiving. Now, there will be times in our lives where we're like, man, I've got to work on this more because <laughs> I'm letting that slip and I could be loads better at it. But actually, um, an openness in a relationship with God and a commitment to develop that relationship and, and understand more about God and become closer to Jesus... That stuff are the things that really change um, who we are. And we begin to see that fruit of all of these characteristics growing in our lives because that's what we're doing. So it's this umbrella, it's this overarching thing that really, if we can get it right, if we can focus on, uh, on Jesus um, and being all of the things that we've talked about, uh, serving, caring, encouraging, honesty, courage, sacrifice, we can do those things then that that umbrella of love should sit over everything that we're doing and i think maybe it's just a case of rather than thinking how could i be more this or more that it's a case of saying in any any situation that we sit in am i being someone who is showing love in this situation and if we're not those are the times we can make an adjustment Um, because that's who we're called to be and when we signed up for a, a connection with God and a relationship with him, that's the, um, that's the journey that we actually sign up for.